0: All right, well, why don't we get started with a prayer. Um, my name's Elaine, I'll, I'll, I'm leading the class. This is the core campus disciple class. A lot of you are probably like, what does that mean? <laughs> we'll figure it out together. <laughs> um, dear God, thank you so much for this opportunity to um, be here at the ACR Conference. God, I pray for this class, that it can really meet the needs of the women here, that it can um, really meet them where they're at and really help them um, as they're growing in their relationship with you. God, I love you. I put this on your son's name. Amen. Amen. So this is like a foundations class. So it's like the basics. But you know what? Even if you've been a Christian for a long time, I just like keeping things simple, you know? Like, let's just go with the basics. Um, And it's about building a rock-solid foundation. Um, So as you see on the sheet, my point spell at rock Um, Because I you know thought that was cool and kind of catchy and you can think about it afterwards because you're gonna have so many lessons this week But you can think about oh, yeah rock That's (laughs) what I want rock solid Maybe I don't remember every word that stands for that but rock Um, So my name is Elena Rosenquist. I was baptized 13 years ago Um, I was baptized in the teen ministry in Philadelphia and after yeah, then after I graduated high school I went to school at James Madison University And um, I studied nursing there, I met my husband there, Uh, we got married, and we now lead the campus ministry in Pittsburgh, and we've been there for six years. We have a two and a half year old son who's adorable. Um, I'm not just biased, other people told me that too. Um, But yeah, so I I love um, just the basics, as I was telling you guys. I love going back to the basics of what it means to be a Christian, and let's just keep things simple, you know? Yeah. So our main text is going to be in Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27. Come on, Elena. So as you see, I have a lot of scriptures that I'm doing. Um, you guys can feel free to turn there or listen, um, whatever you want to do. But Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27 is our main text. All right, Jesus is speaking here and he says in verse 24, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who's built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew again blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So as Christians, we need a rock-solid foundation. And it takes just two things. We hear the word, and we obey it. Just those two things. Um, We're going to go through storms spiritually. It's just going to happen. It's not, maybe it will happen. It's going to happen. And we don't want just this... Pursuit of God to just be a face. Mm -hmm. We don't want it to just be something we did in college or something that we did for a couple months or a couple years. We want to make it to heaven. You know, we want to be able to stand. So, the first point of rock is remember. We need to remember God's word. Mm -hmm. I often need so many reminders of what's true. Mm -hmm. I need to remind, like, remember that God loves me. That the enemy is Satan and not people. I need that reminded a lot. Um, I need to be reminded that I serve a big, powerful, sovereign God. I need to be reminded that God is good. And that he has unconditional love for me. And maybe I can't fathom it, but I can trust it. These reminders center me. They bring me back to the place that I want to be. The other night I was talking to uh, my husband, James, and I had this conversation with a sister at church and I was, it was late at night and I was just reliving it over and over again. And I was feeling insecure. I was feeling frustrated, a little angry about it. And I was like, why did she say this? What did she mean by that? Does she think that I'm this way? Like I just, I couldn't fall asleep. And I told James, I was like, can you just Can you help me out? Like, share some perspective with me. Like, I need something. Um, And he was tired, but he was just like, "Elena, like, even if what she said is true, like, God still loves you. And that's all I needed, really, in that moment. Like, oh, yeah, God unconditionally loves me. And I was so much trying to get security from what people were thinking about me. Mm -hmm. And then I was reminded, oh, yeah, God loves me. So what? You know, so what if she thinks this? Mm -hmm. Or maybe this is true about me. God loves me. It's going to be okay. Um, God tells the Israelites in the Old Testament so many times, remember. Remember me. Remember what I did for you. Remember how I saved you, how I rescued you. Remember my word. Remember my commands. It's really our human nature to forget. You guys forget anything today? Maybe you forgot to brush your teeth, put on deodorant. (laughs) Yep. can be forgetful. Um, but oftentimes we forget what God has done and how good he has been to us. And a lot of times we forget the terrible life that we left in becoming Christians. Or the terrible life that led us to want to study the Bible. We forget how how bad or how lost we really felt. If we want to have rock-solid faith, we need to hear the word and we need to obey it. If we wanna obey it, we gotta remember it. And we gotta remember that God's word is worth obeying. Mm -hmm. What is something that you need to remember about God in his word today? I wrote that question down on the worksheet. If you guys wanna take, you can take notes on it, you don't have to, whatever you wanna do. Um, But write it down, write it down in your journal on the notes, what is something that you wanna remember about God today? Mm -hmm. Maybe you wanna remember that you're loved unconditionally. Or maybe that you wanna remember that God is good. Maybe you wanna remember that God can do all things. Maybe you wanna remember that God is powerful and can be your strength. Or maybe you wanna remember how he saved you from this empty way of life. Or maybe it's just, I wanna remember that God is with me today. Rock solid foundation is built by remembering God's word and character rock-solid foundation is also built by the help of one another relationships. That's my second point, is one another. Christianity is a community religion. Yes, it's personal. You should have personal times with God. But God designed Christianity to be lived out in community. There are so many scriptures. About one another relationships. I wrote a lot of them down because I did a Bible study about it. In fact, there's even more scriptures in the Bible about one another relationships than there are about evangelism. And not that, like, one is more important than the other one. I just think one another relationships are kind of complicated. You know, we're, we're sinful. We're a little, we're a little messy. Um, so God gives us even more instructions about how to have these relationships. In First Thessalonians 5, verse 11, it says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. Okay, so think about Matthew 7, what we talked about. You're building this faith house on the rock. And you're building it, and you're kind of like, mm, I'm tired. This is tough work. Yeah. Maybe right now you feel tired. You feel tired of evangelism. Maybe you feel tired of... Holding your tongue and taming it. Maybe you feel tired of having faith in a certain area. Maybe you feel tired of saying no to parties. Maybe you feel tired of confessing your sin and you don't want to. We need people to help us, to help build alongside with us those things in our faith house that we're working on, that we want to be working on. You know, maybe you're working on the roof of your house, and you're scared of heights. Like me, I'm scared of heights. And every day you're like, I'm terrified. This is so scary. What is scary for you to work on spiritually? What is frightening to you? Is it scary for you to trust God? Maybe with a future job, or with picking out your spouse? Maybe it's scary for you to forgive someone. Maybe it's scary for you to step out on faith in a way that you've never done before. Have someone help you with these things. It's so much better when you're doing something scary when you have someone there. That you know that they're going to be your cheerleader. They're going to hold your hand. They're going to help you. They're going to have your back. Maybe in your faith house you're working on you know an area like the kitchen and you're like, I have no clue what I'm doing. I have no clue. When I, I remember when I was a young disciple, I was like, I do not know how to have pure relationships with guys in the church. I don't know how to do it. I only know how to flirt with guys and how to like inappropriately joke. So like, I don't know how to do it. So I had to look to other sisters who had those pure relationships to teach me and show me. Cause I was like, should I just avoid them completely? Cause that's what I did for a bit. I was like, I'm just not gonna talk to them cause I don't wanna mess up, you know? But I had to learn. I had to learn. And I'm really grateful for other sisters to, to, that I could watch, that can teach me and show me. Yeah. We need relationships to help build our faith. Your non-disciple friends, the people that are not pursuing God in this way as well, um, you need those people too. But the relationship is different. If you become a disciple, if you've made Jesus Lord, your relationship has changed. You want to help them now to know about God. It's different. You need to also be in encouraging relationships, people who will biblically encourage you. And the word encourage biblically means to call alongside. It's a battle term. It's like we're fighting this spiritual battle and I'm coming with you. Biblical encouragement isn't just, you look nice today. (laughs) Nice hair, I mean, your hair's cute. But it's like, all right, you know, you're struggling with this. Let's, let me share a scripture with you. Let me do this with you. Let me help you. Let me inspire you. Who are your battle buddies? Who is fighting this spiritual battle with you? Romans 12, verse 10. It says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. The word devoted means to give oneself up for, a person, a cause, or a thing. That's sacrificial. That word devoted, it's like deep, you know? It means truthful, steadfast, committed. Romans is a letter to the church in Rome. So this was written to people in the church. So we're called to be devoted to people in the church. We're called to be devoted to one another. Even in this room, you're called to be devoted to people in your campus ministry. Are you devoted to them? Are you sacrificing? Are you loyal to them? Are you steadfast with them? The second part of that passage says, honor one another above yourselves. And that's hard because I think most of us really like to honor ourselves. We think about ourselves a lot. You know, it's so easy to be thinking about what are people doing for me or what are people not doing for me, when we should be thinking about how can I give, how can I serve, how can I encourage others? How can you honor other people in the church? How can you honor them? Maybe it's talking to them in the fellowship after church and asking them questions. Really trying to get to know how they are and who they are. Maybe it's asking, What can I pray for you about? And actually praying for them. Maybe it's offering to babysit for someone. Or it's deciding, I'm going to serve. I'm going to do children's ministry. I'm going to be on the count team. I want to usher. I want to collect communion. I want to do something to serve. Think about how you can give to the church. How can you go- honor God and others? Colossians 3 verse 13 says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has grievances against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. The truth is, is that we're going to be hurt by people in the church. Mm -hmm. We're going to hurt each other. And it's going to hurt even more because we feel like you should know better. Like, come on now. Like, what do you mean? You should love me like God, you know? And sometimes we idolize each other and we're like, we think that we're above making mistakes. I remember the first time as a Christian that a sister sinned against me. I remember where we were, I remember where we were sitting, and I was not a crier, but I just like balked. Yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> and I like cried for like a couple days later too, Like it like shook me. I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe this just happened. Um I felt like, how could you do that? You know better. I've been vulnerable with you. How are you gonna do that to me? And I really felt like there was trust that was broken. But I had to forgive her. I had to realize that she's human, she's sinful, and she needs grace just like me. I've sinned against my friends. I've sinned against Christians. Who am I to expect perfection when I can't be perfect? Jesus was be betrayed by his best friends. But he didn't hold back from them. Yeah. He knew Judas was going to betray him, yet he still washed his feet. Yeah. And no one else knew that Judas was going to betray him. That's how much Jesus loved him. And he didn't like, he wasn't like, oh, I love you more and not you. Like He loved them. Yeah. Who are your closest friends? And what describes your relationships with them? Your friendship is hard. I'm just gonna say it's hard. I'm still working on it. It's challenging. And I just want to encourage you guys that if you're feeling like my friendships are not great, they're not deep, they're not close, you know, I see these T V friendships and I think this is what it's supposed to be like. And that's just not real. Real friendships are hard, hard work. And I just want to encourage you, if you guys don't feel close to someone, it's a, just just try more. Just go for it. It's okay. It's vulnerable. It's scary. But we need them. If you want rock solid foundation, we need one another. My third point is confession. If we want rock solid foundation, we need to confess and be open in our lives rather than covering them up. All right. Think back to your house that you're building, your faith house. And let's say that you drop the refrigerator through the floor of the living room, and it just goes all the way through. You're like, that stinks. I just did that floor, it looked great, I'm not trying to redo this floor, it's like a lot of time and money. Right. So let me just cover it up with a nice accent rug, you know, like let's cover it up. Yeah. That really doesn't help things though, you know? Because one day you'll probably walk downstairs and you'll fall through. And then you'll be down in the basement, stuck, maybe your leg's broken, you don't have your cell phone. We're young, we don't have life alert, You know, we're not pressing a button or anything, no one's gonna come. Okay, but you do have one another relationships. So you have someone in your life that's like, hey, how you doing? How you doing in there? What do you say? Do you lie? And just say, I'm good, I got this, I'm fine. Do you deceive? I just fell okay. Or do you tell the truth? Yo, I was lazy. I just covered this hole up. But I fell. I broke my leg. I need help. James 5 verse 16. It says, therefore confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other. So that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. If we want rock, a rock foundation, we have to hate sin and how it has hurt Jesus and get rid of it at any cost. Yeah. And you know, I really believe that some sin, can't get we can't get rid of it without confessing it. I think impurity is one of those sins,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that it's really hard to get rid of impurity without being open about it. We have to confess how you entertained lustful thoughts, how you masturbated or watched porn or chatted with guys inappropriately, or downloaded Tinder, or other hookup apps, or how you sent a nude picture to someone to get attention. We have to be open about these things. It's embarrassing, but most of the time, people will be like, yeah, I've done that too. Oh yeah, I struggle with that too. Deceit, I think, is another one that is really hard to get rid of without confessing. It just spirals and spirals and just creates. And I think we really live in a culture that just deceit is just the norm. It's just the norm to be deceitful. And we have to be open about it. We have to watch even our deceitful tendencies when we confess our sin. Saying things like "Yeah, you know, I'm struggling with impurity" is very different than the truth of maybe I, I hooked up with an old boyfriend. Confessing I haven't done a good job managing my time is very different than the reality of, you know, I've been binging on Netflix and I haven't gone to any of my classes. Sharing I'm struggling with people pleasing is very different than the reality of I went to a party with my friends because they asked me to and I had a drink. Or saying I'm having a hard time connecting with God when the reality is that I haven't read my Bible in weeks. Or prayed. You know, temptation came to Jesus, and Luke four we talk. It talks about how Jesus, after he was baptized, was led into the desert and was into the wilderness and was tempted. But he didn't sin, and temptation is different than sin. It turns into sin when we give in, when we decide, "No, nah, I'm just going to go for it." I want to encourage you guys to share even what you're tempted by. To be honest, I'm tempted at conferences by different things. I'm tempted to be self-focused. I'm tempted to be insecure, to be um, focused more on my outward appearance than my spiritual focus. I'm tempted to compare myself to other people, to be critical of others and measure myself up. I'm tempted to be jealous and envious. I'm tempted to be selfish and just retreat into what's, what's comfortable. You guys feel me? Anyone feel tempted? Okay. Jesus teaches us to pray, lead us not into temptation. When I'm more aware of what I'm going to be tempted by or what I already am tempted by, I'm more ready to fight. I already know what's coming at me. So I'm ready to fight. And even sharing with someone else, you know, I'm tempted to feel really insecure right now. Then a sister will be like, hey, how's that going? You know what? It's going pretty good. Or, you know what? It's going awful. Please pray with me. It can be very different. If you want rock-solid faith, you need confession to help you to get the things in your house that you need to work on. What sin or temptation can you confess today? Write it down. Get in the habit of confessing. I promise you, it's so freeing. And it's connecting. If you're struggling with relationships, confess your sin. And then they're like, oh yeah, me too. Okay, yeah, let's talk about this. Instant friend. Right there. If you want to have rock solid faith, you've got to also crave kicking it with God. That's my last point. Kicking it with God. Because the K was really hard, guys. But. <laughs> Um, Psalm 42, turn there if you want to, but it's a really, it's awesome passage, Psalm 42.
1: Psalm
0: 42, verse one to two. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you. My God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Is this your spirit when it comes to spending time with God? Do you crave it? Do you thirst for it? Do you pant for it? If we want rock solid faith, we have to love the word. There are only two steps to that foundation. Hear it and obey it. That's it. But so many of us neglect reading the Word. Why do we do that? Why do we prioritize friendships, social media, schoolwork, family, hobbies over the Word of God? If you don't feel like you have enough time to read your Bible, I want you to seriously consider your commitments. It would be better for you to take like eight credits, have no extracurriculars and live off ramen than to neglect the word of God. So I want you to think about it. Why am I so busy? What is making me so busy and why do I do that? Why am I taking 18 credits? Why am I trying to graduate early? Because if I do all those things and I'm neglecting the word of God, I can be shipwrecking my faith. Yeah. It's not worth it. Yep. It's not worth it. Turn to Matthew 6, verse 33. This was my like, cling on to passage throughout college. Matthew 6, verse 33. The whole Matthew 6 is awesome, but I'm just going to read verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Prioritize God. His kingdom here on earth, which is his church, and his kingdom in heaven. That means prioritizing meetings of the body. I know there's a lot of them. Prioritize fellowship prioritize thinking about heaven and eternity and spiritual things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Invest in the things that will help you spiritually mm-hmm. and keep you on the path to heaven. Mm-hmm. I just want to say a shout out. I'm so glad that you guys are here because the, I believe that conferences like this, they're spiritual investments. Mm-hmm. You know, you're most I think you're all in college, so you're, you know, taking out loans or paying for school. I don't know what you're doing. But you're investing in a college education so that they'll hope that you can get a job. But right now, you're investing in your spiritual life. That's gonna be even better than a job. That's That's eternity with God. That's forever. You're investing in that right now. I wanna encourage you, keep investing in spiritual things. It's worth it, it's worth the time. The 12, 10 hours in the car. It's worth the money. It's worth the sacrifice. It's so good. You know, we spend all this money on college and it's just going to last for what? We probably will change our major three times.
1: A lot of us probably
0: will realize we get in the workforce and we're like, I don't like this. I'm a Starbucks barista, whatever. That's fine. You can be a Starbucks barista. It's a great job too. But think about investing in your spiritual life. This passage also says, seek first his righteousness, which complicated word, but just be like Jesus. Try to be like Jesus. A lot of us, all of us, have many things that are not like Jesus that we can grow in more. Just pick one, work on one at a time. If you can't pick one, ask a friend. I have like eight more. What do you think I should focus on? They'll help you. We're gonna spend the rest of our lives striving to be more like Jesus. We're not gonna get there. We're not gonna be perfect. But we're always gonna be striving. And that's awesome. I want to just like settle like, I'm good, I got this. Right. Done, you know? I, no, I'm always working on something. Mm-hmm. God promises you that if you prioritize these things, he's gonna give you everything else yeah. that you need. Mm-hmm. And that's a promise from God. Yeah. Memorize this verse. Put it on a post-it note on your computer, in your room. Remember this promise. In college, I read my Bible and prayed every day, mm-hmm. all four years, every day. And usually it was in the morning. I'm not a morning person, and I had 8 a.m. classes. Oh, I sacrificed sleep, because I was like, this is worth it. Yeah.
1: Come
0: on. You know, maybe that's not your strength, that's okay. I wanna encourage you, be creative yeah. with your times with God. Yeah. Study out a book in the Bible study out a person in the Bible, study out a topic in the Bible, read a gospel and focus on Jesus and how he interacted with people when they messed up, read a spiritual book, listen to worship music, listen to a spiritual podcast, watch Bible project videos or other Bible videos. There's so many things that we can do, so many things. Pick something. Ask someone else, what are you learning? Okay, I'm gonna do that too. Right now, I'm, I like to study out a lot of things at the same time, because I like to pick and choose, you know? Like, today I'm feeling like this. Okay, I'm gonna study out this. But I have a plan still. So on Mondays, it's my Mom Mondays, so I read a parenting book. I'm like, I like the cute things, you know, Mom Mondays. Um, and on Wednesdays are my Women Crush Wednesday, and I study out a, a woman in the Bible. And then in the in-between, I'm studying out prayer in the Bible, and I have a spiritual book that I'm reading. And then some days, if I don't want to read any of those things, I just read a couple favorite scriptures of mine. You know, it, it doesn't have to be so complicated. But I want to encourage you guys, make your quiet times enjoyable. Desire them. Desire time with God. If you don't right now, create the habit. You can create a habit within doing something every day, I think this, the stats say every day for two weeks, you can create a habit. It's like brushing your teeth. Like you feel weird when you don't. You're like, oh I'm very aware that I did not brush my teeth. I did brush my teeth today, by the way. Um, but you feel it after a while. After you have, do your, like, read your Bible every day, you're like, oh, I feel weird that I didn't. It's, it's, I feel off. And maybe sometimes your quiet times are five minutes long. And that's okay. I encourage you to spend longer times with God. Maybe it's once a week. You have like a great, long, quiet time. But maybe other times it's five minutes. But I want to encourage you, take it up a notch. Mm -hmm. I believe that all of you could probably do more. Probably read more. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for the time that I had in college to really have those times with God. Because those are passages that I still remember now. Now that I'm a mom and I don't have as m- the luxury of having free time, I'm like, oh, let me just th- let me just meditate on the scripture that I know. Yeah. I lost my point. Or part. Uh, yeah. 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 But I want to encourage you, like, maybe what works for me may not work for you. And maybe what works for me now might not work for me in a couple months. Just try something new. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, in college... Seeking first God was difficult. I know it's challenging. There's a lot of things going on that you guys have are facing. You know, I was tempted to seek first my major. I studied nursing, and it was a challenging program. And all the other people in my program, that was their main number one goal, and that was challenging because I felt like maybe I should do that too. Um, you know, but I have Bible talk. I have. Bible studies. I have D Group. I have Devo. I have church. I have fellowships. And I thought for moments, man, my fear is that maybe I should just study instead of do those things. Maybe that's more important. But I'm grateful because faith pushed me to trust in this passage in Matthew. And other people did too. And I saw miracles when I sought after God first. You know, I I got good grades. I got a job after college in the the field that I studied. But most importantly, I graduated with deeper faith and a deeper love of God. Our last passage is in John 14, verse 1 to 4. I'm just going to reference it because we have like five more minutes. Um, but Jesus tells us that He's preparing a place for us in heaven. That's so cool. Like, He's preparing a room, you know? Yep. Imagine, like, what does it look like? Maybe it's got an ocean front, maybe it's got some <laughs> mountains. I want, like, a king-sized bed with, like, 8,000 pillows. Um, but He's preparing a place for us. We're gonna be able to kick it with God for eternity. That's awesome. Keep that in mind when things are challenging. We have to have a goal, a focus that we're focused on, and that's heaven. That's being with God. You know, when we face trouble and hardship, this can ground us. You know, I just want to get to heaven. I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna do it. Whatever. I'm gonna forgive that person. I'm gonna un, unshackle. I'm, I want to go there. What excites you about heaven? Write it down. What excites you about it? Maybe you haven't thought about it before. Think about it. What excites you? For me, I'm excited that I'm gonna be completely secure. I'm gonna be with God who knows me completely and loves me. The other day I was like imagining like, wow, he's gonna be like, hey, Elena, like huge hug. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. You know me, you love me. I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. This is where I belong. Yeah. I want to see you guys all in heaven. I want to party it up. Nice. I'm going to have a great voice in heaven. I already decided that too. I was like, God, I'm, I'm not a very good singer, but I'm like, I'm going to have some great, I'm going to have a great voice. I'm going to be a really good dancer too. I think I'm a pretty good dancer, but I'm going to be a really good dancer. <laughs> when we have to have a rock solid foundation so we can withstand this harsh world, so that we don't crumble. We have to remember where, you've, where we have come from. Remember the truth of God's word. Pursue and devote ourselves to one another. Confess our sins and be real about our temptations. Make, a, make it a priority to spend time with God. I'm gonna end with a prayer. God, I pray for these women. I pray that you will help them to build a foundation on the rock, that you will help them to prioritize reading your word, help them and remind them of your commands and your truth and help them to obey it. I pray that we can be all together in heaven with you someday. God, we want to be with you. There's nothing in this world worth giving up a relationship with you. Help us to always remember that. Help us to confess and be open about our sins. Help us to not fear what people will think, but fear you and respect your standard against sin. Help us to confess sin that we have on our hearts that have weighed us down. God, help us to fight for one another relationships, to not back down when they hurt us, or don't meet our expectations, but fight for them. God, help us to think about heaven more, to see that this life is not worth it. It's corrupt, it's hopeless without you. God, we want more. You promise us more. Help us prioritize you and your kingdom. Amen. Thank you.